Welcome to Locking Your Success. We are the company that creates strategies to build wealth. This podcast is the audio from the Locking Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update webinar. This webinar reviews real-time hypothetical trades each week while analyzing market conditions with adjustments. Questions are always welcomed, asked, and answered. If you would like to view the charts and graphs referenced in this podcast, please visit our blog at LockingYourSuccess.com for a video replay of the live webinar. Before we get started, we need to go over our disclosures. Locking Your Success LLC is not a broker dealer or financial advisor. This presentation is for educational purposes only. This information is not an offer to buy, sell, or hold securities. You shall be fully responsible for any investment decision you make, and such decisions will be based solely on your evaluation of your financial circumstances, investment objectives, risk tolerance, and liquidity needs. Please visit CBOE.com to find and review the options risk disclaimer prior to placing any trades. Also, please note that these are real-time but hypothetical computer simulated trades and results. The trades are believed to be as accurately presented as possible, however, they are not guaranteed as to accuracy and therefore live results may vary. No representation is being made that any portfolio will or is likely to achieve profits or losses similar to those shown. Whew! Now that that's over, let's get to it. Here is your host, John Locke. Welcome to the Locking Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update for January 18th, 2016. If you're watching this on YouTube, listening via podcast, come on over to our website at LockingYourSuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E in your success.com. Join our mailing list and get your free report, The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Successful Trader, and sign up for this free weekly webinar. Also, while you're there, check out our trading programs. We have the Super Simple Spread Trades, the M3, the Bearish Butterfly, the Rock, the M21, uh, APM squared and of course the masterclass series so lots of good stuff there and there's information about those courses online in this update we cover four trades from our various trading systems we have the M3 we have the bearish butterfly we have the rock and we have the V condor we will discuss these in depth we have been doing this for years and uh, we have uh, years of uh, past examples on our blog so you can go ahead over there and check it out at lockingyoursuccess.com announcements we have lots of announcements this week we have of course the trading triangle live in hawaii which is going to be in june from the 21st to the 24th the discounts for the programs are uh, are over however there is still a limited number of special room rates that we have available and those are going to be available either until february 28th or until they run out so if you're interested in coming, please come on and over and register. Also, we are having our successful Options Trader of the Month webinar on January 27th at 9 a.m. with Kevin Lee. And make sure if you're a uh, if you're a premium member that to sign up and register for that. Uh, also, uh, the Brady Dow replay is now available. It's on our general blog. So if you just go over LockingYourSuccess.com, you can go to the blog and you can listen to the replay on that. So that was a great uh, presentation with him. Also, for uh, Premium Plus members, we have the community coaching this Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard. Also, for the Premium Plus members, Dave is doing a special bonus session next Wednesday, January 27th, 9 p.m. Uh, also, I am going to be on Options Tribe tomorrow night, Tuesday night, at 5 p.m. with Ryan Moffat, where we're going to be discussing the SPX bearish butterfly that he's been trading and extensively testing. So lots and lots of stuff going on. 
As far as some of this other stuff and how to access it, we do have a calendar on the member site. So if you're just a basic member, you can come over here. You can hit our calendar and our events are actually listed here. And so you have an idea of what's going on. So we try to keep you updated there. We have our standard information for the Trading Triangle, which is under Programs, Trading Triangle Live. And that brings you to here for the sign up that for that. And so successful options trader in the members. And go to presentations, a little arrow here. And we can sign up for the successful options trader of the month uh, video there. So all right, that's uh, hopefully that gets everybody where they need to be. Let's talk. Oh, okay, and the presentations tab, by the way, is only for premium, premium plus members. So Sherry, I just reminded me of that. All right, so that's what we have going on there. Let's shoot over to the markets. We've got lots of uh, neat things happening in the market. So last week, let me. This was set up earlier, but like I said, I had the computer restart, so let me, this might take a moment. Last week in the Russell, we were saying. It ended, essentially, it ended the week, not last week, but the last time we spoke, the market was end, ending the week at a support level on the Russell. I did not think that support level was going to hold because if we looked at the, and we'll just take the SPX now as an example, but it was pretty much the same in all the indices. If we were looking at the SPX last week, it was kind of hanging out in the middle of nowhere. There's really no reason for the SPX to turn here. And if the Russell's the only index of support, it's heavy, it heavily weighs that the market's probably going to come down further. And that's what we were leaning towards uh, last week. And that's pretty much what happened. And I also said if the market did break down, come down further, break that level, our next stopping point on the Russell was at about 1100 to 1110, right in that range. So we got a, a breakdown to that level last week, so that shouldn't have been too much of a surprise. We capitulated past the level intraday, which is not that uncommon, especially in a fairly large down move. We'll get a, a hard push intraday with some really high ticks if you watch the, uh, the, um, the internals in the market, and then the market reverses. And we held that um, 1100-1110 area for the week. So pretty much as expected. Uh, more of a primary concern is, is how did the other indices time in with that? And if we look at uh, the RSPX, we did. We, we came down. We came right down to our primary support level in the SPX. We capitulated that level and closed higher. So short term, both those scenarios are actually a little bit on the bullish side. We have the NDX, which came down to arguably a support level. Uh, I have this as an important level in the index from a five-year charts. So this is an important pivot point level in the NDX. So not a surprise there. That should act or be interested in acting as a support point there. And we have the, the Dow, which is the INDU now, which came right into a, a support level here as well. Again, we do have on on the on some of these other indices, tails that hang down all the way to here, which, uh, how do I word this? Which means it would not be terribly surprising to see us retest the bottom of those tails. 
even though this is a support point and it's likely to hold at least short term, it's not. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. If we see that, that's going to drag the Russell down lower. We'll kind of talk about that in a moment. But um, short term, we should be able to. And then we go over the Russell back to the Russell here. Short term, I would think an intraday move or even a close down to this nine uh, nine eighty level at the bottom of this tail would be not unusual. Um, it also wouldn't be unusual for us to have our short-term bounce here. So it could do one of two things. We could get a fairly hard short-term bounce, and a, a bounce in the Russell would bring us at a minimum to 1050, and at a maximum probably to about 1100. I know those are wide numbers, but that's just the reality of the market right now. We're getting those kind of moves. We have an average ATR at 23 points, so essentially two days we can be at we can be at um, at 10:50. That would not be uh, too much of a surprise if we get a short-term bounce. I am bullish short-term. If the market drops back down, we're going to want to watch the bottom of the tail to um, see if that holds. We get a close under that tail, it's going to be bearish. If we do hit the bearish side and we get a support break in the indices, like I said, the tails in the Dow and in the SPX and the, and the NASDAQ may save the Russell from going to 850 but uh, and put us, if we go to a five-year chart, if those tails happen to hold, that's going to bottom the Russell here temporarily at around 950. If those tails fail, there's just no question we're going to 850 in the Russell relatively quickly. So we're, that's what we're looking for for uh, for downside moves. We have again possibly a, uh, the tails of those indices at least temporarily bounce the market at 950, and the Russell at 950. After that, it's it would be very unusual for us not to see 850, which is the number we've basically been calling for for about a year now. I've been talking about that, the market coming down to the 850 level for a year, and uh, and it's you know it's on its way there. Uh, even if we do get a hundred point bounce off of this, uh, that would be that would not transition us into a bullish market. That's just simply a bear market bounce, which is a hundred points is completely normal for a bear market bounce. So in short. We're, we're at a kind of a decision point on a short-term direction. I think short-term direction is uh, up, even though we might retest the bottom of the tail. On um, We said on Friday, short-term direction's up. However, that's going to roll over. And um, depending on how big of an up move, if we get a 100-point up move, we may stay in a sideways trend between 980 and, and 1100 for a little while. If we get a 50-point up bounce, and the market comes back down, we are probably just going to continue to head down. So those are my thoughts on the market. I'm just going to quickly come in and answer some questions here because we've got uh, a few of them. An update on the latest from Option View. As far as I can tell, the model is very, according to them, it's exactly the same as the previous or the original model we've always used. The There are some differences in the way they're collecting data and stuff like that that gives us slightly different numbers. But uh, all in all, they are, from everything I've seen, they are close enough. And um, I'm, I, have, I personally have not done extensive back testing with it. And, uh, but I have had students who have 
and everything that they're telling me is that it reacts close enough to the old model where it's not an issue. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, I am back on the option view variable model with the standard settings and just business as usual with option view. As far as ONE, uh, I have not yet seen, I'm hopeful, <laughs> but I have not yet seen a beta tested version that's um, stable. Uh, how am I going to word this? Uh, it's stable from an operating platform, but as far as um, for, um, running the Greeks numbers, it's not consistent, right? I think it's still bouncing around a lot. It's still a work in progress. Uh, I cannot, at this point, I can I cannot um, say to manage your trades with that particular model at this point from a reliable standpoint. There's just not enough evidence yet. So while we're still hopeful and I think they're they're making some really good progress there and it may not be too long before we can actually uh, do this, I haven't had the evidence yet and I have not tested it myself. So um, And I don't know that I'm going to per se. I'm going to more or less rely on students to do that. I just don't have the, that kind of uh, time. I have more important things moving forward to do. Than, than to do that. But um, but if we get enough evidence uh, that that's working well, then I'll come in and I'll do some testing personally with it and, and, and look at it once everything's flattened out. And I'll, I'm going to be watching it as well because I, I do have a download of the software and um, I'll be comparing against Option View. But as far as but, but comparing it against option view in one time frame is not sufficient. You need to go back for years and go through different market conditions and stuff like that to get a really good idea if the thing is actually going to be consistent enough to be able to deal with or not. Let's see. I might want to show the three-line icon next to the blue block in the left corner of the website that expands the panel for new people. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things that comments that we had on the members website is that they wanted more room to do their actual reading. So uh, Sherry just collapse this panel. So if you if you is that what you're talking about, Ray? So if you do this these three bars up in here, then that's going to expand that panel for you so that you can actually read what those things are. It makes it a little bit easier to navigate. So we're kind of trying to keep everybody happy here and giving them the option of having this panel collapsed or having the panel open. So hopefully that helps uh, as far as navigation. Thank you for the comment, Ray. That we appreciate that. Uh, all right, so a couple more. When I do a new bearish butterfly at this level, and I actually have another bearish butterfly question, in light of the medium-term bearish tone of the market, where would you your ideal entry points be for a bearish butterfly? Can I please cover that on later? Um, okay, so in general, Right. If you are a, I mean, you're going to need to decide what type of trader you are. Are you taking technical analysis into account? Are you not going to take it into account, and that type of stuff? But if you, uh, if you're not going to do it, I mean, in general, a bearish butterfly in this market volatility is very friendly. Even if I'm thinking that the market might bounce 50 points. That's generally not going to be a concern for a bearish butterfly in high volatility like this. Realistically, it'll run 100. 100 points might be a little problematic. Uh, I would say on any bounce, if we get like a 50-point bounce or something, like, you know, last week we got, if we come in here, 
um, we got this bounce off the support level. That was actually a really nice, um, really nice entry point for that. And again, we're at the support level, and we may bounce again. So anywhere up in the uh, 1030, 1040 levels, actually fairly nice. Because even if the market runs to 1100, it's not going to be that problematic for you. Uh, you'll draw it down some, but uh, at these volatility levels, especially if you're in a March position, your delta is going to be so flat, it's not going to be uh, that big a deal. So a decent high probability trade. And I mean, I wouldn't be afraid to initiate at this level, but I would put in my trade plan prior to entry, understand that I might be going to 1100 and put some sort of a upside, uh, and we talk about this in, in coaching and stuff, put, uh, put a, utilize some range extension techniques to deal with the fact that we may go to 1100 and you want to do that without drawing down too much. And we can do that um, with a modified rock position, right? You, you can go into a modified rock position uh, on your um, bearish butterfly entry. And if the market does come down, the it, a modified rock position generally doesn't get hurt with a down move. And if and if it explodes up, then uh, generally it doesn't get hurt either. Um, and then you can reconfigure into a straight bearish butterfly afterwards. But those are just some options that you have if you're if you have a lot of the systems and you want to fool around with them. Um, right. And I think I gave. I think I I, uh, I answered your question more or less. Also, is that um, um, optimal optimal entry points? If we do get up to the 1040 area, uh, I do like an entry for a bearish butterfly there, assuming that you have a bearish tone. Uh, personally. Uh, short term, for short term, how long do you mean? Well, you got to figure the market's moving 20 points a day. So it's going to take two days to get to 1050. If the market really goes, it'll be to 1100, maybe the end of the week, um, which would be really fast. It could take longer than that, but um, realistically, 20 points a day, four days puts us at 1100. Um, and that's an average number. Right, that's because we're running an average of 23 points a day right now, ATR. So we can do that. Um, with all the option view issues, have you seriously considered to switch to one? Right, I think we kind of talked about the option view ONE thing. Um, as far as ONE model at this point is not um, where I'd want it to be to switch over to it uh, as of yet. Uh, as far as option view issues right now, they're pretty much, um, as far as the modeling issues are straightened out, we still have the same old, same old with the, with the program in general being kind of clunky and a little um, erratic, but uh, in general, the, the, uh, the modeling is, is good. Okay, so um, so um, I am new to my your strategies. Can I explain what's included in the M3 strategy package video and text-based rules? Yeah, so that is the M3 um, program is going to be, I'm trying to remember how long it is. It's like four or five hours, three or four, three, four or five hours of material there. As far as video goes, we have all the, um, we have multiple examples. We have, um, the rules or concepts that we're using within the system and uh, the parameters under which to trade the trade and a lot of other information there. So um, you should be able to get that and have a very, very, very good understanding of, um, of, of the trade itself. Um, all right, and, and Ray put into the chat, 
uh, LockingSuccess.com programs M3 trading system, which is which is going to give us some more information on it. And again, there's lots and lots of um, years of examples on the blog of the of the strategy. So uh, you can do that. And plus, if you come into the community forum, you can ask some questions in there. Other students will generally help you out. Oh, I need to repost this to everyone. Okay, so let me see if I can do that. Uh, let's see. Actually, you know what? Let me just show you on the site here. I'll show you quickly on the site, which we have uh, programs, M3 trading system, and um, and there's some information here. You can also go to, to m3options.com if they if SMB still has that site out up. And we also have some um, some other little videos here on um, on that as well. And this is the uh, on the SMB side. So go ahead, check those out. And again, check out the blog. It's just lots of information available. So I uh, appreciate the questions. Now, let's go to um, what we got going on for trades. We only have our February trades on because we haven't hit a time frame for March to hit them just yet. Now, um, these markets, I these are my favorite markets to trade. I absolutely love them. Um, I ho I'm hoping everybody here has um, has been doing okay in the last um, last couple of weeks or months or so. It has been quite volatile. It's, it's a very, very large switch from trading the markets we've had over the last five years where the market just kind of continually grinds up and you know the way a lot of people have been trading these initially when the market went from say a 2010 flash crash and then the 2011 crash well, people who have actually traded through that understand that when you when you're trading like an M3 for an example you're going to be very um, aggressive with your downside adjustments generally you be very you're very loose with your upside adjustment to keep the T plus zero line flat you stay loose with your upside adjustments in other words you let the trade run to the upside and then on the downside adjustments you you roll back very aggressively to protect your your position of the downside because that's where all your risk is in the M3 trade in the past five or six years Every, nearly every single down move we got that was significant was followed by an explosive up rally. In a M3 trade, where it's designed to protect you to the downside by rolling back aggressively, and then if the market reverses, you essentially you're going to break even or take a small loss or sometimes maybe a small win. That was within the trade design. Uh, in the last five years, the reversals were so hard and so aggressive to the upside that a lot of people got into the habit of not adjusting them down or holding it deep back into the tent, not really protecting against the downside, because every time you did that, you got slapped on top of the head for it. Uh, every time you rolled back, boom, the market reversed. Oh, I wish I never did anything. If the market comes down again, you roll back, uh, the market reverses. Oh, I wish I never did anything. The reason we do that is because of this market. This market... The trade will stay in the market, but you can't be fooling around like that. You need to be aggressive and deal with your risk to the downside. And that's what the people who, that's what traders who either, for, who traded those earlier markets and forgot, or who've never traded that market uh, are discovering now, is that uh, it pays to be aggressive with your downside adjustments in this type of market. So those are the types of changes 
all of those are within the system. We'll talk about that when we go to the M3. Uh, all of those, uh, M3 is comp set based, so you're allowed to, uh, to roll back aggressively in certain conditions and not roll back in others. You never know what the market's going to do, but we can also, but this is, you know, people ask me, what do you use the average true range for? If I'm getting average true range of 25, which, which is pretty much what we're at now, and I'm letting my position hang back near the short strikes, that is a little bit risky because an average move is going to be 25 points down. That's going to draw me down quite a bit. So I might want to uh, deal with that and, and know that right off. And if 25 is an average move, 35 is out of the question, right? 25, the average of 25 comes from 15-point moves and 35-point moves or 10-point or moves and 30-point moves or whatever, 40-point uh, moves. So we're getting that kind of movement in the market especially if you're not you know doing checking these intraday which I generally won't you want to make sure that you're that you're dealing with that so like I said this is a different market and you want to trade it a little bit differently if you're going to do well in this market you can do very well and and like I said I, I, I really like trading this market with both the m3 and the bearish butterfly trades they're both um, very resilient but you can't you need to trade it a little bit differently than than the low volatility grinding markets we've had in the years past. So as long as you understand that, you should do well. So uh, let's look at the bearish butterfly, though, which is also which can also be traded differently. Because another thing, this I want to mention too. Another thing I wanted to mention is the last two months, January, uh, December expiration, January expiration. Uh, I talked about and hopefully you're picking up on this. I talked about uh, we had a bearish butterfly trade in December that was near its 21-day profit target. It was very close to it for like two weeks, right? In a low-volatility market, you might stay in the market and hold out for your profit target. In a high-volatility market, you do not want to do that. That's kind of like being a pig. It's not, it's not generally recommended. So... Well, you want to exit. You want to exit opportunistically when your position is at the peak of your T plus zero line and you're anywhere near your profit target number. So back in January, uh, on the website trade, I told for two weeks, I said, I would be out of this butterfly live. I would be out of this butterfly live uh, in, in my live positions because we're up near our profit target and we're in a, in a highly volatile, uh, kind of a shaky market. So that trade would have been pulled at a profit. I kept the trade on as a learning experience to run through. Now, I didn't know if that trade was going to eventually win or lose because you never know for sure, but I had a high suspicion that the trade was going probably going to take a loss if we stayed in it. So I went ahead and stayed in it as a uh, as a lesson. The M3 trade for January was up very close to its profit target for uh, more than a week, week and a half maybe uh, or so. And again, I'm saying this trade is near its profit target. It's not at its profit target. This trade should be exited. And I had a I didn't again I didn't know if the trade was actually going to actually tag its profit target number, which it actually did a couple of times. And it could have been exited, but I said, I'm going to um, stay in this trade as an example, even though I had a, a very high suspicion that that trade was probably going to fail if I stayed in it because of the market conditions. So two points I want to make here is we're not doing the optimal thing on our trades to get the highest possible returns for advertisement purposes on the positions so that I can make things look good. Right. We, we, what we're trying to do is, is, is get in some real-time education here so that you understand 
um, the nuances of trading because that's where you're going to making your decisions is where you're going to make your money whether you trade any of my systems or somebody else's or whatever you're all you're going to find you that there's certain common sense sense things and decision making processes that you're going to want to follow and that's going to that's going to make you a good trader and it's going to make you profitable not necessarily the system itself so that's that's the thing that, that I'm just trying to get at. So anyway, um, just figured I'd throw that out there and let you know that trading these are a little bit different, and just to make sure that um, that you're you're trading with common sense here. Okay, bearish butterfly. This is where we sat at the end of the day Monday position that looks like this. I believe if we look at the T log, this has already been rolled back once. So this started in with our short strikes at 11:30. This was rolled back to 1070, and then we, um, this is where we're sitting here. Uh, that was an at-the-money roll, and uh, this was fine on Monday. It was fine on Tuesday. We have an adjustment point of under 1030. If we go to Wednesday, this position here was uh, down under 1030. It was actually at its long strike. This trade is wonderful in... Uh, down coming down moving markets particularly far from expiration particularly if you're like one-third entered um, realistically we can take the market to zero doing this the thing that's going to get us in this trade is the uh, is a horrendous bounce that doesn't come back where you scale in too quickly or it's too close to expiration that's what's going to get you in the trade uh, but here we are due for a rollback point so we're just going to follow the regular guidelines. We're going to sell this 1070. We're going to roll back to our at the money, which is about 1020. So if I come here and move us back to here, this is what we looked like on Wednesday. There, and again, there's the T log. There were, that's the position. There were no further adjustments. We got a bounce on Thursday. Right, and then we got uh, our continued down move on um, on Friday, and that put us uh, back to a thousand. And this trade, as of right now, is up thirty three hundred dollars, and we're in a position that looks like this. Um, thirty three hundred dollars generally is not a high enough profit target for me to exit a bearish butterfly. Generally, I want uh, at least five. And optimally, I would like to get 10. But realistically, if this trade were to push into $7,500 profit range, I would definitely consider exiting this. And if I get near 21 days, in other words, as we get to the end of this week, if I count the days, we're going to start getting close to 21 days. I'll lower that number into the, uh, you know, back into the $4,000 range uh, as far as what I would take. Uh, again, we'd be reducing our profit target to 5000 anyway at 21 days. So during that week, especially with the market volatility, we get up near that $5,000 number, it would be a decent time to just uh, to just roll this off. But again, we're going to um, uh, stay in here. Um, oh, this is just a note from Andrew. In a, with, with interactive brokers, you can roll down a bearish butterfly 50 points, which is, I think, what we did here with uh, in one order using a 1030 Thirty ten combo order, and I actually believe you can do that with Thinkorswim too. You used to be able to. I don't know if you still can. Um, I don't usually do them that way, but um, nothing wrong with it. It's, I mean, you don't you you get rid of your your um, your risk as far as um, 
am I trying to say? You get rid of your uh, your delta risk as far as getting in and getting out. So, uh, so yeah, that's a good thing to do if you can do it. Uh, okay. So there is the the um, the bearish butterfly trade. Let's switch over to an M, the M3 trade. We'll talk about this a little bit because this is a good example, actually, of uh, of what I was talking about. So if I come to our February M3 trade. Monday morning, we're sitting here at 1040, uh, 10.41. We have a situation where we have a rollback point by guidelines that are forced at um, guidelines that are forced at 20 points below your short strike or at positive 50 delta. We're at neither. Um, this is kind of what we call a gray area, right? It's borderline. It's it's a place where, well, certainly if you get below, I mean, technically it's at uh, 1040. But I'm right near 1040, and I'm sure intraday this probably went under 1040 um, and so forth. So we're at a point here where a couple of things happened. If you remember, 1040 was a support level. Um, generally, a support level's there was a time in the not too distant past where you could somewhat reliably depend on them to hold because, like I said, the last so many years we've been trading, whether it be five or six, nearly every single time you hit a support point, the market would blast off in the other direction. That's not the case anymore. And generally, if we talk about the M21 program, we talk about um, doing positions here and we talk about um, not having adjustment points at support points because because we don't call directions. You know, we do technical analysis in in twenty one, but we're not calling direction in them twenty one. We're using technical analysis as um, an idea of know what to know what people in the markets are going to do. And generally, at a support point, they're either going to bounce like a bastard. In other words, the market's going to fly up, or it's going to break support and come down really hard. So that being the case, we generally don't want a support point at a, uh, we don't want an adjustment point at a support point, which is pretty much what we have here with the way that, you know, looking at the market from a completely neutral bias, that's pretty much the situation we're in. So, that if I, but, but if I'm aware of this, I generally don't like adjustment points at a support area. So, for that purpose, an M21 trade or whatever, I'm going to plan to roll this back now, you also have the flexibility to do that within the rule system of the M3. You can roll it back and flatten your T plus zero line to the upside. So realistically, I would have been seriously considering live um, for those reasons doing this rollback because I am within, I am technically able to, if I'm under 1040, to roll this back. If that wasn't um, good enough for me, then I certainly could have done it here. Because now, within the guidelines, I am definitely, within the concept and the guidelines of the M3 at this point, I am um, at a point where I can roll it back. I'm not, again, this is still the gray area. In a non-volatile market, I probably wouldn't roll this back. In a volatile market, which we're clearly in, if you don't under if you don't know we're in a volatile market, then you need to study that stuff a little more. But we're clearly in a volatile market, so I'm going to tend to live position, roll this back to take some protection and take my adjustment point off of 1140 area. I don't really want it there, so I would go ahead and and do the rollback preemptively. Now that said, 
by guidelines, this is not a clear rule-based um, forced rollback. So I'm just going to, and again, when I do my back testing, I do this, I do my back testing in a manner where, um, where I'm usually going to make the wrong choice on purpose. In other words, if, if I needed an up adjustment and I knew the market went up, if I was, if I was in a gray area for an up adjustment and I knew the market went up, I wouldn't do the adjustment. Right, and in the same context here, I'm kind of in a gray area. I know the market's coming down the next day. I'm just not going to do the adjustment. I know let the position draw down. So we go to the next day. I don't do anything here on the web trade. We're just going to let this uh, let this come down. So now, right, the market comes down to 29 points under, and now we have to, now we're clearly in an adjustment area. We're both over positive 50 delta and we're, um, we're, we're more than 20 points under our short strikes. So now I'm going to roll back. And this is a good question too. So, from, so by, with guidelines, it's 20 points back from the short strike. The thing I remember with the M3, again, is it's, concept based and 20 points back from the short strike is it, how far back from the how far back from the market you put your short strike is going to be little is going to be dependent on <clears throat> what your t plus zero line looks like in the end if I run at 20 points back which if I did that here I would have found that I had I would have been in a situation where I'm sitting on top of the tent so if I take this off Right, if I had rolled this back only to say here, I would have been in a situation where I have a lot of upside risk and a lot of downside risk. I do not want that, particularly in a volatile market, because I'm moving. If, if I get in a what we call a peaky position or a, or a high gamma position, um, and I get my normal ATR 25 point up move, and or say you know especially off a support point, if I get my up if I get my up move. If it's a capitulation, I might get an up move of 40 points, right? And if I if I get my tent into a real peak, if I get my T plus zero line in a real peaky type of a position, then I really risk um, taking a, taking the loss on the upside. So I want to be a little bit more resilient in that in my positioning. So in order to flatten that T plus zero line, generally what I need to do is to roll the position back further. So in that case, if I can't if I, I'll try 20 points back first, but if I can't control my T plus zero line with 20 points back, I can try adding verticals. I can try rolling in the long strike, but the most simplistic thing to do is just to roll the butterfly back further, which is what we do here. Um, we roll that back further. Also, right, Andrew noted too, the call's at 990. This is also um, a reason to, to, to roll the call back. We have a lot of time premium in it now, and you can go ahead and do that. So, so I did that. I rolled this all the way back to um, 980, and I put the call in here at, uh, at 840. And um, okay, so that's that. And if you analyze this, it's not a completely flat T plus zero line, but it's reasonably flat, right? It's within it's within parameters. So. 
that's fine. And we still have some room to the downside. Um, and also, the thing you got to remember, too, is the T plus zero line is a little kind of, it's going to be a little bit warped or funky in, in really hard down days anyway. It's going to get uh, manipulated a little bit. So. so anyway, I did roll the call down. This is the position here. I didn't necessarily have to roll the call down, but that's what's uh, generally in the guidelines. And if I'm going to have a reversal, I'll, 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 I would have wanted to roll it back. So here it is. We did have a reversal the next day. Watch the T plus zero line flatten out as soon as it reverses. So here we are with our reversal. And we leveled right out on a T plus zero line. And now Friday, there were no other adjustments. Friday, the market came back down and ended here. So I'm positive 16 delta. <clears throat> the trade is drawn down. One of the things you've probably noticed on Friday is they killed your positions from a profit and loss standpoint. Uh, it's just a matter of the structuring and structuring in the market uh, place, but um, but they depress the values uh, coming into Friday. If the market does is if the um, the fear in the market settles down a little bit on Tuesday tomorrow when the market opens up, that should come right back relatively quickly. But if it doesn't, it may stay depressed. But uh, it, I, I see that as a false depression of value on Friday. I, I, I'm highly, I say it's highly likely that these will gain a lot of value early in the week and get back to more normal, assuming the market doesn't do anything too, too crazy. In which case, you'll never know because the market price won't be anywhere near, near where it is. But that's what, um, that's what we have for the M3. That's where we sat as of Friday. Drawing down to close to half maximum loss. I think that is... Uh, representative of some people. I know some people who, if they've done aggressive rollbacks or near break-even, I know a few people that are profitable. I know some people who did not take the down move seriously and didn't roll back aggressively who may have actually lost positions, which, uh, you know, that's what's going to happen if you don't take it seriously. That's why we do roll it back aggressively in this environment. And um, But I think that's representative. Yes, butterflies were rich Thursday and cheap Friday, right, which is why we talk about an M20, in M21 and 8 p.m. squared programs, we talk about uh, watching the values of your positions over a certain amount of days. Uh, and, you know, your typical income trading logic tells you, or what a lot of other mentors will tell you is, um, oh, my God, the market's crazy today. I don't want to get in. You know, the prices are getting crushed, and they panic out of the market on those days. And then, you know, wait for a calm day. You wait for a calm day, and the butterfly, which was basically Thursday, we actually had a bit of a bounce. It was a calm day. The butterfly prices increased dramatically. They'll stick the trade back on, and then you'll get something like Friday, and you'll just get crushed in value, right? So it's beneficial to you for both entering and exiting positions to know what um, what the values are relative to what they usually are, and you know realize that Thursday would have been a great exit day. Friday is a great entry day. So, um, so you can pick the, you can pick things up like that too, which is really cool. Uh, okay, so that is the M3 trade, and the last trade we actually have on here is the um, February V Condor. So let's go back to Monday. V Condors in general are not good in highly volatile markets. Uh, I. We point that out within the program. Basically, we call it a limit of Russell. If the Russell's at 35, if the RVX is at 35, not to trade them at all. And I don't even know what the RVX is actually settled in at. 
let's um, I don't think it's quite that high but realistically this is generally not a good environment for these right so we're we're peaking up into the 30s now you get up um, much over this they're not a good trade to trade realistically um, anything over 25 is kind of marginal 30 level is kind of marginal uh, 35 you just don't want to be in them they're just they're not going to work so um, so there's just some general information on the V Condor. Nor are the super simple spread trades. Again, our recommendation is to stay out of just plain bullish verticals and stay out of the bull versus bear trade unless you're timing the market with it via M21 style uh, SSS trade. Those, and that's pretty much been the case for the last couple of months um, with the, with this volatility. Those don't like a lot of volatility so you just have to keep that in mind they're, they're fantastic for our lower volatility markets but this is not the greatest market for those all right so uh, let's just come to our vcon and we'll show you where we went there monday we had hit this is what our position looks like here we had hit a adjustment point positive 50 delta here it's showing 49.52. Positive 50 is essentially the same thing, right? So, uh, you know, plus live data versus whatever data. If you're looking at this, you're going to be over 50. You're going to be under 50. It's, it's going to be about that range. So came in here and just bought back one of these puts. Got us down to about plus 25 delta. Uh, that was good till Wednesday, right, where we had clearly over... Uh, positive 50 here and I've got a position that looks like that and I'm having to buy back another put to get us down to 25 right at this point the trade is not likely the, the, the thing I like about this trade is it's not one of if you're trading it properly it's not one of those trades it would be very 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 rare to take a maximum loss on the trade generally you're going to get kicked out of this like we did last month on a move under the short strike and the drawdown at that point is fairly minimal and whether you're going in the up direction or the down direction it, it would be very very rare for this to take much more than a, a few percent loss maybe maybe two and a half percent loss so so unless you're not following the rules it's it's very mellow that way it also wins most of the time and it's not a super high return because you know you got two months going on at the same time so you so whatever we show in the results on this particular trade is about half um, of the total capital involved to trade it because you got two months running at a time but you know it's very easy to manage very um, very easy to manage 99 percent of the time and uh, and you don't usually get hurt much at all and you know if you were to get to maximum loss it would be extremely rare and uh, even if you did that's just a normal loss so it's not a big deal it's not like some of these other trades where you start taking on a huge amount of risk and hope you're right and if you're really really wrong you might blow five months worth of income you don't want to get into those trades that's uh, those are ones that are problematic so so that is um, you know just my comments on the trade in general you know that said this it's not likely to make money but it's it's probably going to be we may break even we, we i mean you could make something depending on what the market does but um anyway we'll stay in it we'll uh, we'll let it ride i don't think it's it, there's a need to get out of it so anyway here if we go to 
and here's a T log that was the last adjustment if we go to Friday it um, it looks like this right so we're plus 12 Delta we are um, $1,400 up we have theta of minus 66 and if we take a look at our analyzed graph we look like this and again we do let this trade run negative theta so um, not too much of a problem if the market shoots back under these um, these short strikes we're just going to control our delta if the market shoots back under the short strikes here we'll exit um, which I think it actually is probably going to do this month but we uh, we after the whatever bounce we might get if we even get if we don't get a bounce we're definitely going to you know it's, the market's definitely pretty weak so but we should uh, the short term there should at least be short covering people um, short-term traders interested in taking a long shot at the market here in the next uh, 20 points in the Russell. Uh, okay, so how about half of econ or left side only? Um, yeah, I mean, you can do that. It's, it's synthetically a butterfly. So in other words, you can do a butterfly with a long call uh, against uh, bearish verticals, and you can do a butterfly with a long put against... Um, bullish verticals those are certainly things that you that you can do really that's all that's left on the trade anyway I mean if you were to take a look at the actual options here realistically actually I even lost the um, okay so our profit and loss might be off actually because we lost the options at the, uh, the 1250 our loss might be a little bit more than we think uh, but realistically you know, these are just going to expire worthless there's no need of having them and this it really isn't worth anything either because the market's been down so far. So that's all we have left is the um, is this side anyhow. If we were to close this side here, right, and plus fifteen, you know, we would be in a position that just looks like that, which is oh, actually, it is showing our longs. It's just not showing them on the on the analyzed graph on the uh, matrix, but they're there. So I guess the profit and loss should be correct. But essentially, this is what you're this is what you're left with anyway. So you could certainly do that. Uh, I generally don't bother closing them. I just leave them alone. I let them expire. But again, that's personal choice. So yeah, T log for the V condor. I think I did that. It's just we put the position on, and with even with all that movement, we had a significant move up, a significant move down. All we did is buy back a couple puts. So pretty simple to manage there. All right, I think uh, we've probably gone long enough. We've been on um, at least 50 minutes here. So I would like to wish everybody a great week trading. Watch yourselves out there. Have an awesome day. And we will talk to you, uh, the Premium Plus members, Wednesday night. Everybody else, we will see you Monday. Thank you.